We're officially in offseason mode for the Baltimore Ravens, and that means plenty of speculation about players that could be coming in to the organization. We talk about Brandon Ayuk of the San Francisco 49ers, and if he could be on his way to Baltimore, that and more coming up next to this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker, Ravens Wire, coming to you from Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for being here, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day, free and available on podcasts and platforms. That includes a video form on YouTube and audio form wherever you get your shows. We are five days a week here on Locked On Ravens, a Monday through Friday, plus bonus content bringing you Ravens news, analysis, updates, even in the offseason. We do not take breaks here on Locked On Ravens, so be sure to subscribe on YouTube at that like button. Also, follow along in audio form the whole nine yards. I really appreciate the audio community, the video community, subtext, social media. Trying to start off on Instagram again, so that's at cashrick34. Same with my Twitter handle. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Our friends at Nissan have a line of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. We're talking Brandon Ayuk today in this crazy offseason world. And again, we're going to have a lot of things where, look, Brandon Ayuk was not particularly happy after the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. And his family is kind of getting in saying, well, opportunity here, opportunity there. So we're going to talk about just what Brandon Ayuk could mean if he were to be on the move and if Baltimore should make a play at him here today on this show. We're also going to get into how the Ravens should approach their wide receiver conversation like Odell Beckham. And with Rashad Bateman, there's a lot of questions and comments and concerns with what the position could actually look like next year. Then we'll dive into with Baltimore, how it could actually look with any offseason questions and what the whole offseason could entail for the Ravens. Let's first get into Brandon Ayuk to Baltimore. Now, Ayuk is one heck of a receiver. I mean, absolutely incredible. This season alone, 75 receptions, 1,342 yards, and he was a beast. Seven touchdowns on the year. Now, in his career, 269 catches, 3,931 yards, and 25 total touchdowns. He has not had a season below, for, for Ayuk, he's been in the league four years, no season below 750 yards, well, he has 748. So no season below 748 yards. He has 748 yards his rookie season. Then you have 826, 1,015, and 1,342. So Ayuk is, is a beast in every sense of the word. Stands at around six foot, 200 pounds. So somebody that I think could really provide a boost for Baltimore. He's not this big jump ball receiver, right? He's not 6'4 in any of that. But for the Ravens, he's a heck of a route runner. And if he ends up really either demanding a trade from San Francisco or whatever ends up happening with Brandon Ayuk, if he's available, I think Baltimore at least has to kick the tires on this. Because for him, obviously, the fifth-year option was key here for Brandon Ayuk. That was picked up. He was a first-round receiver, picked 25th overall by San Francisco out of Arizona State. That fifth-year option number for Ayuk is $14.1 million. Now, I know the Baltimore salary cap situation. We talked with Brian McFarland about that yesterday. It's not necessarily in the best spot in the world. They have anywhere from 3 to $7 million in cap space, depending on how you want to look at that. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Ravens maneuver that in the offseason with all the different needs and all the different free agents that they have. But for Baltimore, their wide receiver position itself, there are some definite questions there, right? 
Zay Flowers, assuming everything is, you know, with his situation right now, there hasn't really been an update on that. But assuming he is back, we'll just assume that for now. That'll be what it'll be. But then you have Odo Beckham Jr., who's a free agent. Rashad Bateman, he's going to be with the team. But is that fifth-year option going to be accepted or declined? Because I talked about Ayuk having his accepted. Well, for Rashad Bateman, there are conversations about what does that free agency look like for him if he gets declined or accepted. If he's declined, obviously, he'll be a free agent after this upcoming season. If not, he'd have one more year with the team. So really, the only player that you have, again, assuming everything works out with Zay, that's the only long-term answer you have at wide receiver right now. Brandon Ayuk would bring you the ability to extend him, and then you can make that extension with, if it's a front-loaded deal, I personally wouldn't do that for the Ravens. I'd make it more back-loaded. But Ayuk could be a difference maker, and he was an absolute difference maker. He was getting open. He was actually open in the end zone on a key play in overtime in the Super Bowl, but Brock Purdy did not see him because Chris Jones came unblocked. Now, Ayuk said he wants to remain with the 49ers if it's the right move. And a lot of people are in San Francisco are saying, look, your top offseason priority has to be signing Brandon Ayuk to an extension because he is that good. And look, him and Debo Samuel together, it's a big compliment. But can you imagine Zay Flowers? And, and again, if Zay, if everything's good with him, if you can imagine Zay Flowers and Brandon Ayuk next to each other in this offense for the next what, like five seasons at least, right? You sign both those guys and everything works out and is great. It's a deadly combination. Plus, you can work around the margins there. Maybe bring back an Odell on a on not a minimum deal. Wouldn't take a minimum, but I think it'd be a little more so geared up towards okay. You get a veteran like Odell. Maybe bring back Nelson Aguilar. Right, that's a, that's another option they could do. So there are options you could surround yourself with. But then we have to actually look at what's realistic for the Ravens right now. Right, I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh yeah, well you know salary cap doesn't exist. So go out there and get Brandon Ayuk first of all. You talk about that $14 million cap bill with a fifth-year option. But on top of that, you have to look at, well, what's it going to take to go get Brandon Ayuk from San Francisco? Is it going to take a first? Is it going to take a second? Maybe a second and a third, right? So th there are plenty of ways the Ravens could justify, oh, yeah, let's go out there and get, you know, a guy like Brandon Ayuk, who arguably would be a wide receiver one in a lot of different places. Obviously, they have Debo Samuel over there, so it does not, not necessarily as needed to have, you know, Ayuk be the one since Debo was that good. But Debo's a do-it-all player, right? So to me, I think that Ayuk is a really intriguing talent. But if they bring in a Brandon Ayuk, does that mean that, okay, well, all of a sudden you can't re-sign Justin Matabike or you can't bring back a Jadavian Clowney or Kyle Van Noy? And look, I would, here, here, here's my tier rankings, right? Assuming guys leave. So I'm assuming right now Patrick Queen is not going to come back. I'm assuming Geno Stone isn't going to come back. If we're doing tiers, I'd rather have Justin Matabike over Brandon Ayuk. So if Brandon Ayuk coming in, if he, and this is all speculation, right? It's about, okay, well, Ayuk expressed some potential displeasure. Let's talk about where he could land. If if Ayuk would impact the Ravens re-signing Justin Matabike, I, I wouldn't want them to trade for him. I would rather have the Ravens re-sign Justin Matabike over bringing in Brandon Ayuk. But other than that, I mean, I think that I trumps everybody else on that list, right? Again, assuming Patrick Queen doesn't come back and assuming Geno Stone doesn't come back. If you have to pick, okay, well, if we trade for Brandon Ayuk for the Ravens, right? If we're stepping into their shoes, if I'm Eric DeCosta and I'm saying, okay, if we're trading for Brandon Ayuk, we can't bring back Jadavian Clowney and Ronald Darby. I'm taking Brandon Ayuk over those two. If you're saying, well, we can't bring back a guy like Kyle Van Noy and Arthur Millette, I'm, I'm taking Brandon Ayuk over those two. I think that he can be a difference maker for this team. And would be 
a wide receiver. Again, a Zay Flowers, Brandon Ayuk duo with Lamar Jackson in this offense, assuming that, again, year two of Todd Monk and we see more flow and, and better game plans in the AFC Championship game, right? It, it just it has so much potential. So I'm I'm giddy at the at the potential of Ayuk coming to Baltimore. Now, how realistic is it? I don't think it's super duper realistic. I don't think it's impossible because again, I'm sure that a lot of Ayuk's thought process after the Super Bowl was he wants to win, right? And he's frustrated after losing in the Super Bowl. And I, I get it, right? It's frustrating to be in that moment to feel like you have a shot to win the game. San Francisco, it felt like they were going to win that game in the entire first half. And I'm sure it was frustrating. Plus the fact in the Super Bowl, I mean, he didn't really get a ton of production. And I think that he wanted more production in those big moments and he wants to go somewhere where he can do that. But I think that maybe a lot of this will be washed away by, okay, just, just time, honestly, right? A month goes by, two months go by. And if you're Branson Ike, you're like, all right, this is still a really, a really good situation for me. So honestly, I don't think Branson Ike has moved this off season, right? I think if we're being realistic about it, Branson Ike probably won't be moved by San Francisco because it's probably a joint decision of, hey, look, it's a good situation for him. Plus, San Francisco obviously is is still getting a really good player here. But it does raise a bigger question about Baltimore's wide receivers. Because, look, if Ayuk isn't available, do you go out there and do you get Mike Evans? We'll talk about that throughout the offseason. Who are some other wide receivers? DeAndre Hopkins, is that an option if, he, if he's someone that it could be a pairing? So it raises a bigger question because, as I talked about there, there are going to be some questions about what happens with Odell Beckham, what happens with Nelson Aguilar and the future of Rashad Bateman in Baltimore. So coming from the second part of the show, we are going to be diving into how should the Ravens approach their wide receiver position this offseason, both not, not only this offseason, honestly, but in the future as we look ahead, maybe two, three, four, five years. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to get to here on Locked on Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by DoorDash, and I'm a big food guy. And for me, watching the Super Bowl was huge. I, you know, even though the Ravens lost, I still watched the Super Bowl, and what a football game it was. But as usual, the commercial stole the show in my book. DoorDash went all out for game day, and DoorDash stuff from all the ass. The one lucky winner, car snacks, even tax software, and somehow they pulled it off. I'm a little bummed I didn't win personally, but got to hand it to them. It was one heck of a delivery, 1,000%. DoorDash is the all-in-one app for your everyday needs from restaurants and groceries to flowers and gifts. So next time you're running low on dinner ideas, pet supplies, just time, you can get so much more than you realize delivered. And whatever watch party or watch anything you've got coming up, get it delivered with DoorDash. Football season may be over. We're in the thick basketball games of school year. And let's face it, winter as well. I can think of a million reasons daily to order DoorDash. Hop on the app and make your day a little easier. Get dinner for tonight, groceries for the week, or a consolation prize for your sad friends in Baltimore or San Francisco. All on DoorDash. DoorDash, your door to more. Head to DoorDash and the app to get everything you need delivered. We're back. Our second segment, Locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostriker talking with you on this Purple Friday. Happy Purple Friday to everybody out there. Still going strong on Locked on Ravens. Again, five days a week of Ravens content. So if you're enjoying the content, be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in order form. Really appreciate everybody listening, whether you're an everyday or in the tune in every single day on the show. If you're it's your first time in, welcome into the show. Welcome to the channel. Hopefully you're enjoying the content. And if you're somewhere in the middle, of course, appreciate the support there as well. We talked about Brandon Ayuk a little bit in that first part of the show. Brandon Ayuk to Baltimore. How realistic is it? What Ayuk will bring to the table for the Ravens? And even if Ayuk doesn't end up getting moved by San Francisco, which I mentioned at the end of that first segment, I don't really think it happens personally. What is it going to look like? What is Baltimore's wide receiver position going to look like as we move in to the offseason? Because we can talk about, all right, will they 
have Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman, but that's it really for next season. Odell Beckham's a free agent. Devin Duvernay's a free agent. Nelson Aguilar is a free agent, right? They, they don't really have a lot of depth there. They're going to have to either re-sign some of those guys like an Odell or a Nelson Aguilar or bring in other talent. Now, does that mean going out there and swinging for the fences and getting a 1A type receiver? Does Stephon Diggs become available? That situation has been pretty crazy for a couple of years now. So does that happen? Ayuk, as we talked about, Mike Evans, who I mentioned at the top of that show or at the top of the, the segment there as we headed into our first break, There are plenty of intriguing possibilities. Now, again, the Ravens are going to have to make some room money-wise. We talked with Brian McFarland yesterday or on on Wednesday, excuse me, talked with him yesterday on Wednesday about for Baltimore. I'm recording this on Thursday night. But we talked with Brian and everything that's going on with the Ravens' salary cap situation. And he said that, look, they're not in a terrible, horrible spot, but they're not necessarily a good spot because they only have about – three to seven million, depending on how you look at it. So obviously, well, for example, you want to go to Brandon Ayuk in that contract again, 14 plus million, fifth year option, going to have to clear some room. The Ravens can get up to maybe 25, 30 million. Brian said it was a little far-fetched to go up to 40 there. But depending on what happens with, with a Ronnie Stanley, do you do, you do that post-June 1, get about 15 million? Or do you ask for a restructure and you get potentially 7 million of that 15 back? So there are options. Tyus Bowser, Patrick Ricard, Morgan Moses, a few other guys, all are at least nominees to be cut or be moved on from to save some money. But I do think Baltimore, because we always talk about, and we look, we talk about it forever, right? How big of a need wide receiver is. And it obviously goes down with them having Zay, if that's all good and figuring it all out with Rashad Bateman. I think Bateman gets a little bit of a, he, he gets more of a bad rep than I think is deserved from him because Honestly, he gets open a lot there. I'm not saying the production has all been there or it's, it's all been there for me. He's put it together and I'm not trying to blame Lamar, but it just doesn't seem like Lamar and Rashad have been on the same page. And part of that has to do with, look, Rashad's been injured a lot. And especially during key dates in the off season and early in the season, they haven't had time to really gel and the season kind of goes and it's like, boom, it sneaks up on you like that. So I think for both those guys, if, if Lamar and Rashad can get, you know, in the lab all off season and have a fully healthy off season together, I think we'll see an improved Rashad Bateman. Now, does that mean they'll decline or accept his option? I, I mean, I still, if I'm the Ravens, that deadline, I believe, is in May with him and Adafi Owe. I'm still probably leaning. We talked with Brian about it on Wednesday. Probably Owe accepted and Bateman declined, but we'll see how, the, how they end up doing it. But how should the Ravens actually approach the position? Should they swing for the fences? I mean, look, I, I've been advocating for this for a while here. A couple of things. With Lamar Jackson not on a rookie deal anymore, and you have him on his second contract, and it is a massive one. The Ravens have not had to, do, had to deal with a contract like that in their entire franchise history. It's going to, to change how they're able to operate as a franchise in terms of signing guys. It's not like they're never going to be able to sign a guy again or hand out a big contract again. But as that Lamar Jackson deal goes further into it, the way it's structured, you know, the cap hits will continue to increase and increase and increase. And as such, you're not going to be able to give out a ton of five-year, $7 million contracts or trade for a player who has a $20 million cap hit or a $50 million cap hit. You, you, you can't afford to do that as much when you have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson on that deal. So there are a couple ways you can approach something like this. For one, you can sacrifice at other positions. If, you, if you're Baltimore and you really, really feel like you have a shot to elevate this offense to another level, first of all, run the ball. Right. I think I think uh, that's one way they can do it. But if, if they feel like adding another one A or one B wide receiver to a, a group that has a flowers, 
and Rashad Bateman already, if that's the move, if it's an Ike, if it's a Mike Evans, if, if it's a Stephon Diggs, and you want to sacrifice some defensive line depth, you want to sacrifice some secondary depth for that, maybe maybe that's the decision you make. Honestly, I think it, it'd be great if the Ravens were to go out there and get a stud like that because you have, you know, Zay Flowers on the field has been a stud for them, right? That rookie season was great for him. He was able to go out there, prove himself, and he, he tore it up. But you want to get somebody else in there, and whether that's Rashad Bateman stepping up or somebody else stepping up, there are plenty of options for the Ravens because they could just say, hey, we're going to we're gonna sign a mid-tier guy, right? Or even we're going to re-sign our own guys. We're going to bring back Odell. We're going to bring back Nelson Aguilar, and we're going to run it back. Now, if they do that, I think they can get both guys on cheaper contracts. Maybe Nelson Aguilar is one year five millions and one year six, and Odell you get maybe one year eight or nine as opposed to one year 15. And then you have other areas to spend or re-sign your own players or maybe even look to the future a little bit more and extend. But we have to we have to be realistic about their position right now because I think everybody's looking at the free agents the Ravens have and Matabike and Queen and Stone and Zeitler and, and Odell and all these guys. But they're, I, I think when you're talking about what people aren't looking at, because the Ravens in every organization operates this way, it's not only about this offseason and this, this upcoming year. It's about, well, what about two years in the future, three years in the future, four years in the future? The only guy who, again, if everything works out for him as a sure thing, is Zay Flowers, based off what he did on the field. Rashad Bateman's not a sure thing. They could decline that fifth-year option. Bateman could have another kind of down year to expectations, and he could he could be out the door. Odell's a free agent. Nelson Aguilar's a free agent. Devin Dubonet's a free agent. Their only sure thing at wide receiver moving forward, if it all works out, and I want to keep emphasizing that, if it works out, is Zay Flowers. So. You have to be able to say, are you going to draft a wide receiver in the first or second round this year? Maybe get another guy on on a rookie contract alongside Zay. Or are you going to go that route and maybe bring in somebody who is like a DeAndre Hopkins, let's say, if if it doesn't work out in Tennessee and he goes elsewhere, would Hopkins be willing to, you know, maybe take a pay cut or something of that nature? So there are so many different ways the Ravens can address it, but they they have to address it. And they're thinking about it. I mean, they have to be thinking about it. Because if you fast forward, if, if we just look at who is on the Ravens roster right now, if we fast forward to next offseason, not, not even this offseason, next offseason, the Ravens have one wide receiver, one, and that's Zay Flowers. You want to even do this offseason? They have two, two, two wide receivers. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to decide what route they want to take because they can either go all in at that position and sacrifice elsewhere, or they can maybe build up the defense again and put in a couple of, I don't want to say stop gaps. I don't think that's the right word I want to use, but you can put in a couple of those guys. And then all of a sudden it's okay. Well, is this going to be enough for Lamar Jackson? Because he does elevate talent, but at the same time, you know, you, 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 it's fair to Lamar to give him at least a one, a wide receiver. And I think again, if Zay continues on the path he's on in terms of on the field, I think Zay can be that guy. But do you want to accelerate that process a little bit by bringing in another one like an Ayuk or Diggs or, you know, even if you want to go the route of a, a Mike Evans or Michael Pittman, for example, that's, you know, I think Pittman's awesome. So there are plenty of ways the Ravens can maneuver around this. But coming up in the final part of the show, we're looking more about offseason questions. We'll do a better segment on that or at least a fuller segment on that, a fuller episode on it once we kind of move into next week, but an initial 
early question debate. What questions should the Ravens be asking themselves and how could they answer it? So be sure to stay tuned. Lots to get to here on Lockdown Ravens. First, this episode is sponsored by Nissan. You're the kind of driver who likes to push things a little further. Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call out for almost anything. Go on to the days of connecting your phone, Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play Store, or built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. 2024 Rogue is the perfectly sized crossover for your next adventure. Nissan's incredible lineup also includes 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. I was room for up to eight. Expansive cargo capacity and advanced available 4x4 capability. 284 horsepower, up to 6,000 pounds towing. One adventure calls a Pathfinder is there to answer. So take Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. We're back rounding out Locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still talking with you here on this Purple Friday. Again, really appreciate everybody for tuning in today and making Locked on Ravens part of your day. It's been awesome to build up this community, and we're going to continue to do it. We have a lot in store for the offseason, free agency, the draft leading up to the season. Uh, Ravens football, again, not a great end of the year this year, but it was a magical regular season. Hopefully, they'll be able to actually finish the job next year. There are some offseason questions the Ravens have to ask themselves, though. There are plenty of them. There always are. But I think the first one you have to ask yourself is how different is this team going to look? We talked about it yesterday with Kaji Ismael, and it's a great episode you should go back and watch because we, we touched on a lot of things there, more specifically about the defense in particular, because as I've kind of outlined, the Ravens have a lot of free agents, and it's going to be one interesting offseason in terms of who's going to stay and who's going to go. Now, I would assume the Ravens don't let Justin Matabike walk out that door. I personally would not let Justin Matabike walk out that door if I were the Ravens. So where does that leave them in terms of other guys? If Justin Matabike gets franchise tagged, and that franchise tag right now is $20.9 million for one year. It's a one-year deal for him if it's a franchise tag. If that's what he plays on, well, Patrick Queen and Geno Stone don't seem like likely candidates to come back. Likely? Isaiah Likely? Bad joke. Regardless, Patrick Queen and Geno Stone, I don't think they're going to be back. I think Patrick Queen, for what it's worth for him, I think he's going to earn a huge contract. The Ravens already paid Roquan Smith that other huge contract. And I, I just don't see a situation where Queen ends up coming back to Baltimore. It'd be great. I'm a big Patrick Queen guy. And I thought they should have accepted his fifth year option because he was already on the up and up. Obviously, they did not. And it is what it is now. Geno Stone, I think, is going to earn a role somewhere else that's going to be bigger than what he could get in Baltimore and everybody's healthy because obviously he's filled in for Marcus Williams the past few years and he's been injured and done a great job. So Stone, I think, finds a role and a deal that surpasses him in Baltimore. But then what, what about the other pieces on defense? Kyle Van Noy, Jadavian Clowney, Arthur Millette, Ronald Darby. That list goes on too. They've already brought back Michael Pierce. They did that during the season. That was a great move. Pierce was awesome. He was probably the most underrated Raven, in my opinion. This past year, he was so, so good for them. And it's it's a little unsung, honestly, how well he produced and played for them after really dealing with a bunch of injuries after leaving Baltimore. So really glad for him to come back to the Ravens and have a big impact. And obviously, he missed most of the year last year. So glad for him to have a big bounce back year. And you can talk about the offensive side of the ball, too, right? It's, it's not just defense. The Ravens go look a bit different on offense. Kevin Zeitler, now the rumors are that he is negotiating with the team right now. Nothing has been official in that regard, but at least it is it is out there as something that's happening, so that's at least good. But then you also have Odo Beckham, who we talked about, Nelson Aguilar, who we talked about, but then the running back position, right? Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Dalvin Cook, those guys are all free agents. So this team could look very different. I think that's why for a lot of people, it stings a lot more that they didn't get the job done. I know for me it does. 
I'll, I'll bring my, if you don't know, I'm a big Denver Nuggets fan. The Nuggets won the championship this past year. I was so all in on that. Not that I wasn't all in on the Ravens. I'm just saying that I was so all in on the Nuggets winning this past year because it felt like the team, it felt like they were going to lose guys in free agency. And I'm like, they have to get it done. They're, they were the best team in the regular season. They have to get it done now because there's no guarantee it looks this way next year, which is now this year. They won the championship and they lost their best bench player, their sixth man, and arguably their seventh man too. And they haven't been able to find that production again. So I'm not saying that, oh, the Ravens lost this year. They didn't get the job done. And that's their fate where they're going to lose all these guys. and not going to be the same. It's, the Ravens write their own story. The Ravens could easily lose some guys and then replace them in other ways. And then it's fine, right? I'm, I'm not trying to be this, oh, this guy is falling. And whenever you have Lamar Jackson, you have a chance. But again, I think it stings a lot more for people because they didn't get the job done. You already see Mike McDonald and Anthony Weaver and Bernard Wilson, et cetera. Joe Hortiz walk out the door. But the other question they have to ask themselves, well, there, there are a few more, but the other big, big one that I have circled right now is where do you prioritize players in the draft? Like what position? We're gonna, obviously going to get into players a little more. And, and for those who don't know, a, a quick side note for programming, we're starting up our mock draft Mondays next week. So every Sunday I put out a mock draft on Twitter. I'm also going to put it out on Instagram now because I'm doing Instagram again at cash. 34, both of those, by the way, but for mock draft Sundays, I put out a mock draft and you can reply to that mock draft on Sunday. And I'll read out as many as I can on the Monday show. So those are really fun, really interactive. And in, in those we'll start to get to know some players who, who could become Ravens, but do you draft a wide receiver? Like we talked about, do you, do you get another rookie with that 30th pick as a wide receiver to put next to a guy like Zay flowers there on the field? Do you prioritize cornerback? Brandon Stevens, a free agent next year. Marlon Humphrey, his contract is, is getting up. I think th there's still time on that Humphrey contract. But again, you can never start looking ahead too early. Or maybe you go on the offensive line. Maybe you prepare because Morgan Moses and Ronnie Stanley, those are both not long-term answers at tackle. Do you draft the tackle at 30 or do you trade back altogether? There are so many different options for what Baltimore can do with that draft pick where I'm going to be really interested to see if they decide to kind of not almost hoard the draft capital a little bit because they know that with Lamar Jackson being under contract, there's going to be so much that they're not going to be able to do as opposed to when Lamar was on the rookie deal. And that's what we've been talking about here on Lockdown Ravens. I talked about it over on the Ryan Ripken show as well, which I'm doing with Ryan Ripken and, you know, a great team over there where it's almost like the formula in the NFL today is okay. You got to win with a rookie on that rookie quarterback on a rookie deal, because once you get that quarterback on the big deal, you can't do it, which objectively is just not true, first of all. But I do think it gives you a better shot. If you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, you can make the moves around him. You can, and that's why so many people are so adamant about with Lamar Jackson on the rookie deal. Just go get a wide receiver with a huge contract with Lamar on that rookie deal, because you're not going to be able to have, it's not, well, it's not going to be as easy. I'll say it's not going to be as easy to go get that guy when Lamar is on his big deal. And now Lamar is on the big deal and it's not as easy. So I think that's why myself and a lot of other people were pounding the table for, for the Ravens to go out there and just, just, just go get a wide receiver. Just, just, just go get a guy like that. So the Ravens, again, just because Lamar's on a big deal does not mean that they can't do anything and they're just gridlocked, but it does make it a little more challenging to maneuver the cap. And with every team, you, you can't keep everybody. The, Ra the Ravens, we've seen it, right? They let Zedaria Smith walk. They let Matthew Judon walk. You know, they let guys like Ben Powers walk. You, you can't keep everybody, especially if they, if they outplay, you know, 
the money that Baltimore can give them, right? Patrick Queen played himself out of Baltimore, most likely. Geno Stone played himself out of Baltimore, most likely. Justin Matabike, you could argue he did it, but I, I don't think he's going to leave Baltimore. So the offseason the offseason last year was so big for the Ravens. Like it was so massive with the Lamar Jackson contract and just getting that whole situation figured out. It was, it was long. It was (laughs) stuff. I still block out of my mind because it was how exhausting it was to talk about that. It was every single episode and people were like, Kevin, please just stop talking about it. And I'm like, I can't, it's literally the only thing we can talk about, but this offseason should be a little more normal, but it's also a big one because Eric Acosta hit on so many of those other signings after Lamar signed his rookie deal. It's almost like, okay, well, what do you do now, right? What do you do when it comes to signing your guys back, but also making sure you have enough influx of talent? And there are also guys who are going to probably take on bigger roles next year. So it's not like you, every guy you bring in has to be a guy that plays 90% of snaps. Trenton Simpson, if Patrick Queen leaves, he's ready. You, you draft guys like uh, Tavius Robinson to step up in moments. So there are plenty of questions for the Ravens this offseason. It's it's a massive offseason for them because with every year you don't get the job done. You waste a year of Lamar's prime. And that is with any any team, any quarterback. With every year you don't get the job done, you waste a year of that quarterback's prime. And this was as best a shot as the Ravens have had in Lamar Jackson era to win the Super Bowl and probably dating back even years before that. And they didn't get the job done. So how do they respond to that? In terms of roster building, I expect them to try to sprinkle in a bunch of veteran minimum or close veteran minimum signings again. But for guys like Jadavian Clowney, Kyle Van Noren, Ronald Darby, those guys earn paydays. And, and I mean, look, they're certainly going to get them. So I'm excited for the offseason. We're going to be continuing to dive into it here on Locked on Ravens. That's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thanks so much for tuning in. Coming up on Monday, we're going to take a two-day break. Coming back on Monday, again, it'll be our first ever mock draft Monday for 2024. So really exciting. Be sure to stay tuned for that. Subscribe on YouTube, follow on an audio form, follow on Twitter, follow on Instagram, and I'll see you right back here on Monday on Locked on Ravens.